the Radio Randomly podcast. Hosted by Gondi and produced by Gia Moylan. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio. Episode 3 of the Radio Randomly podcast. My name is Gondi. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio. And I do want to say this podcast isn't just for people on air in radio. This is open to anybody who works in radio. So there will be those chats coming at some point. First two episodes, massive thanks to everyone who's jumped on and had a listen and getting some great feedback on the first two episodes. Episode one with Jess Farcioni from Hit 106.9 in Newcastle and episode two with Ned and Josh from Hit 104.7 in Canberra. You can go and download those two episodes from the iTunes store. Uh, I've still got chats lined up at the moment with Tanya Hennessy. She's just taken over weekend breakfast for the Hit Network nationally. And I've done a bit of work with Tanya and she is one of the great operators. Uh, She's really good to work with and I can't wait to record that podcast with her in the coming weeks. Now, this episode today, it is with Elliot Lovejoy. Now, Elliot has moved overseas. He's done a bit of work here in Australia. He's moved around from Cairns to Gippsland and done a few different regional markets. And he thought he'd try his luck overseas. He went to Radio 1 UAE. He's doing the breakfast show there. It's for Dubai and Abu Dhabi. So it's big time when you think about going overseas. So this one's for anyone who's thought about it, wondered what it's like to work overseas and how it compares to Australia. So let's get stuck into it. Elliot Lovejoy from Radio 1 UAE on the Radio Rent. Podcast. The Radio Randomly Podcast. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio. Elliot Lovejoy, welcome to the Radio Randomly Podcast, mate. Gondi, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've, I've been loving doing this podcast, getting to chat to all different kinds of radio people. And I wanted to get you on because I'm interested to chat about someone who is working overseas. I find it fascinating. It's something I've wanted to give a yeah. crack myself, and I'd love to know how it's all going. So, uh, talk us through why you went to Dubai. I sort of, like, the idea of overseas was always something that appealed to me, to be honest. And um, after I was in Cairns a few years ago, I, I went over to Canada for a bit. And um, just, again, something I always wanted to try. I love the country and found it uh, actually quite similar to Australia. But but coming over to Dubai and Abu Dhabi is it is just a whole nother world. It, it really is. I, I couldn't. I couldn't put into words just how different it is in in regards to radio lifestyle, everything. It, it's just a culture shock. Because it looks like a big party scene from what I've seen. The people that do go from here to there, and, and there's a lot of Aussies that have done it recently, and you're one of them. But it just looks like one big great party time. Is that what it's all about? Yeah, I think a lot of people come here thinking, you know, the the kind of country it is, the kind of setup you're in, you know, you're not going to booze anymore, you're not going to party, it's just going to be work, you're going to put away the money and then come back. But but it's honestly, it is. It's surprisingly, um, I guess it's quite a, a westernised part of the world considering where it is. So it is, it's just party central if that's what you want it to be. So if your aim is to come here and save money, it can actually end up being a pretty hard thing to do because I think more expats get in debt than anything else. Is radio taken as a big thing? Are you kind of getting yourself out there, getting amongst the locals? Do they love radio there? Yeah, they do. It's um, They did a study a little while ago and it said, you know, 93% of people in this country listen to radio, which is, is just huge numbers. Um, but it's because, you know, they don't have the, the you know, uh, bad example, but like Today Tonight or, you know, shows like that where, you know, like Studio 10, all that kind of stuff where, 
where they have those personalities on the TV. So I think they go to it for the radio. Um, there's a guy here, an Aussie guy called Chris Fade, and um, he's been here about 10 years, and he's just smashed it. Like, he'd be the biggest name in the country, uh, and people love him. And you're right, a lot of Aussies have come over here, and, and they've done pretty well, actually. So are radio people kind of celebrities in, in Dubai, would you say that? I think I think they are. If if that's what you want, I think that's that's something you can achieve. For me, uh, I've probably found it hard to adjust because I'm I don't know about you, but I'm a country kid. <laughs> like I, I grew up in the Torres Strait. I was born in Tamworth, though, so um, I've always grown up in in sort of small areas. So um, being over in a place like this where, where it's so extra, um, you do have the opportunity if if your thing in radio, which some people do, is, is that you want to be a star or whatever, then then that's that's there for you to take but for me I, I suppose i just want to i want to create good stuff on air and and um sort of working towards doing that rather than you know having the five thousand dollar suits and all the expensive things in life well i'm just trying to get a, a sort of a comparison because i mean it can affect the sort of things you can do on air you know if people there know who you are and you can get away with certain things to a to a certain degree i just wonder how much that affects the work that you're doing on air when you get access to certain things in that city. Yeah, you have to be careful with anything you put on air, More, so much more so than back home. You know, I think back home I got in the habit of uh, you could be a bit loose, uh, and I think that's my personality normally is not necessarily to push the boundary but, but be a bit more relaxed, whereas here you are, you know, anything you say, I mean, you can't reference pork, for example. Um, so the other day, for some reason, we talked about Chinese and I said sweet and sour pork because that's, you know, considered not a good thing over here. It's not a meat they eat. It, you just get smashed. So it, it, it's actually it's strange things that you can't mention. And, and it is, it, it, you forget sometimes what country you're in because at the end of the day, when you're in a studio, uh, inside a studio, it could feel like the Central Coast where you are. It could feel like, you know, any part of the world. But sometimes it is hard to remember exactly where you are. So how do you learn those things? The hard way? Like with the pork thing? I'm guessing you yeah. didn't know that going into it. You just, you just say it and then you cop and backlash from the listeners. Is that how it works? It's mainly the bosses that get you. And, and I'm the worst offender for it. I, I normally get a text today on the show and it'll be, uh, we've got a list of no-go words that I'm accumulating quite quickly. Um, and what was the, I'm just checking a message from a bus the other day. Uh, so she says, hey, Elliot, please let's add Tinder and one night stand to the list of words to never say on air again. <laughs> Why can't you mention those there? They're very conservative there, aren't they? Yeah, well, I spoke. Well, Tinder used to. They've got a lot of things blocked over here. Like, for example, uh, like Skype, things like that. Tinder used to be blocked. Trust me, I know. I tried it for a while before I haven't missed it. Um, Tinder was blocked for a while, and anything that was like that's been blocked in the past, I don't want you to talk about. And for one night stands, um, you know, sex before marriage here is illegal, so you, you can't mention anything like that. So, I'd, one of those ones where it just slips your mind, I suppose. Mate, it's a, it's a fascinating world. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's for me, to be honest. I like the looseness of Australia. To be under those restraints on air would be, it'd do my head in. Yeah, I think so. It does in a way. Um, I think the big thing I've found, and you know, I even found this in Canada, is um, being overseas makes me realise how far ahead Australia is, radio-wise. Um, and that's even just from listening when I was in Canada, listening in the States and being over here, being on air and listening to other stations. Uh, don't get me wrong, you know, there's, there are talented people over here, but it's just, you, you know, in, in a cat city market like, like Dubai, Abu Dhabi, as we broadcast across the country, there are people that were hired here that 
you know, had no radio experience or, or very minimal. Myself coming over, you know, I'd done a fair bit of radio, but I still thought, oh, this is a big step up. But I'm more of, I suppose I'm one of the more experienced ones on air considering, you know, that there's people over here that were uh, promo markers back home. All of a sudden they're thrown into breakfast. It's just, it's bedlam. And that's probably the best way to, to, <laughs> to sum up what the actual country's like. It's nuts whether you're driving on the road, whether you're going out on a Friday night. It is just... It, there's there's no real structure to it. It's just all over the place. So inside the radio station on that then, have you still got your standard sort of content director calling the shots and, you know, promotions department? How does it work inside the radio station? Yeah, I think it depends what station you're at. So, for example, the one I'm at, um, we're probably working bare-bones staff-wise, um, and that's Radio 1 relaunched, um, started last year, just before I got over here. So I've been over here about a year. So we've got, uh, you know, obviously our on-air crew, our program director, uh, marketing team, sales, but it's it's very different to back home. You know, for me back home, um, no matter where I was, uh, for me it's important to have a relationship with sort of everyone on the station, whether it's, you know, sales, marketing, whatever, you know, you just you do the same, I'm sure you just swing past and say good day every morning. You know, make sure in the know what's going on here. But but because it's such a, a big company, um, it, it's it's quite segregated in that you know marketing are in another floor, sales are like a twenty minute walk away, like they're in a totally different building, different part of Abu Dhabi. So um, when it comes to the on air team and the programming team, it feels quite small because you, you feel a bit alienated sometimes. Um, and as far as that goes, you know, I think this is the seventh rate place I've worked radio wise, and, and it's. It's definitely been the hardest place to work and, and the hardest place to meet people and make friends. Did you think it was going to be that way when you when you left Australia and went over there? Is that did you know it was going to be kind of tough? Had anyone explained that to you, or did you think the opposite? Um, no, I, I suppose I thought the with the size of the market that you know that would you know double triple the resources. Whereas I'm finding. Um, you know, say, for example, um, working in Cairns or other regional places, I mean, like Gippsland, Berry, in, in South Australia, um, we had as much support there, if not more. And, and I really, I, that's not a knock on, on people here. I, I think it's just, it's made me realise the way Australian radio is set up across the board for the most part is, is, is just that much stronger than most parts of the world. So are you trying to implement any changes and saying, hey, this is how we do things back in Australia and trying to help them progress to a certain level there? Yeah, I think so. Um, with, you know, things like, you know, social media is not a strength of mine, but I can I can look at other, you know, pages and see how they're working. So that's stuff we're working on. As far as on air, yeah, I think break structure is a big one that, you know, uh, you know, people that you've worked with like Mickey Marr and, and whatever hammer into you the, the way to set up your breaks and, and have that, you know, conversation off air, which, which to be honest shows here um, a lot of the time you just see, you know, you're turning two mics on and they're just having a yarn with sort of no plan or process to it, which is just so hard to fathom when you think, okay, you know, if this was Star FM Dubbo, fair enough, this is your first gig, I understand. But but I think people maybe sometimes forget to remember here that, you know, shit, this is a country of 13 million people. If 93% are listening to radio and we have a 10% share that's a million listeners, it's it's... Piss poor if we just turn a mic on and just have a chat. You, you need to implement some sort of structure, right?
That is bizarre, man. I'm so fascinated by that because it's not how I pictured it at all. Like when I see you mm. over there and I think Radio One, this is across so many different people. I just thought this is an amazing move. But are you enjoying it? Would you say you're enjoying it? Uh, I, I think like I'll, I'll, I'm an awful liar. So, you know, I've probably had more tough times than I've had good times. In saying that, the show I'm on at the moment, you know, we're having fun and I, I think we are getting better every day. Um, but it's it's definitely been the hardest move of my life professionally and personally in that personally like i mentioned before you know outside of work because of the area it is it's it is so hard to make mates so you're pretty much there by yourself uh, i've lived in a hotel for a year so that's an interesting setup um and, and professionally uh I, I suppose i probably haven't moved forward as as much as i would have liked to and that's with you know show changes and stuff like that as well um uh, but at the end of the day, it's wicked experience. I think it's something when I look back and you know, I'm back in Australia working one day, I think, you know, shit, I managed to do that. I stuck it out. We did a good job. You know, our, our, our ratings have doubled, you know, in the last sort of 12 months or so. So we've done well in that aspect with, you know, a, a smaller kind of team. So um, I suppose at the end of the day, I, I don't regret regret taking it. I just probably didn't expect it to be so hard. It is amazing life experience. I mean, it is going to be one of those things that yeah, you look back on and think, wow, I actually got to live overseas and get paid to do it. It's something I've considered mm-hmm. as well, but it just feels like such a big jump. And I also feel like the people in Australia or programmers in Australia, I do often wonder how much they take that overseas stuff into account, if you know what I mean. I, I kind of feel like they might look at it as if, oh, okay, he's gone overseas. Does that hold weight back in Australia? What's it been like with you chatting to program directors and content directors here when you told them you were making the move there? What was, what was some of their reactions? Uh, I, had a, I had a conversation, a good one, with, with Mickey Ma before I left um, because I was with SCA before I left, obviously, and I just, you know, I was very honest and upfront with him. Um, and I said, you know, this is an opportunity for me, almost more than anything, to save a bit of cash, um, and, which he understood. And he's always been good with me. You know, I've left SCA twice. Um, and he said, you know, that door isn't shut. You know, if the right opportunity comes up back home, um, if and when it does, I, I, you know, I'd still have a conversation with you, which, you know, I have a lot of respect for him, to be honest. Um, I think it's an industry where it's hard to find honest people, and he's one of them. So I always appreciated that. But in regards to, like, the overseas thing, I really don't think it matters whether, you know, I could be at, you know, Broken Hill FM or I could be Radio 1 UAE. As long as you're pumping out good stuff, sending out regularly, networking, which is something I'm big on, uh, yeah, I don't think it has more, Paul, but I also don't think it has less. But when they're looking through for the next lot of people to come through and they're like, okay, here's someone already in our company and you've been in this position before when you were at Gippsland. Mm -hmm. So when they look within the company and go, let's elevate that person or do we go with someone who spent the last two years overseas in Dubai, which Mm -hmm. one do you think they favour? Are you you saying you don't think it matters either way? I mean, in my experience, the way, again, I've only worked with SEA in Australia, but the way they've worked, they've always picked the best person. I, I don't think that would be based on, you know, company or not, you know, the, the, don't get me wrong, I think there's people in SCA at a regional and provincial level that are uh, flat out better than me, to be honest. Um, so I think there's guys and girls that are in line there. But, but at the end of the day, I think if I was a better fit for a job than, say, someone, you know, in Hit FM, Bunbury, whatever, yeah. um, I, I really don't think that's something that would make a whole lot of difference. But I suppose you don't know till it happens, do you? 
So how long are you willing to wait it out there, Elliot? Do you reckon you've got much time left in Dubai? Uh, I think I'll reassess where I'm at end of year. Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll never lie to you and say I'm going to stick it out long term. I think, um, you know, it's a long way from home. It's a 15-hour flight, so it's not like you get back off. And it's been 12 months and I haven't been back to see, you know, mum or dad, my brother. Um, it is a hard slog in that sense, you know, even when... Uh, well, where's your family now? Uh, my family's all over the place. I've got family in WA. Right. Uh, my dad just yep. moved to Japan, uh, which has made oh, it wow. yeah, hard to... Once you get that international flight involved, it becomes this yeah, whole you know new... Yeah, flight then. Yeah, whole new ball game. So, yeah, but mine are quite spread out. But I can see with a 15-hour flight and that international... And then the, the cost on top of that, I mean, you haven't even been yeah. back once. So you can definitely see the, nah. the gap that it creates when you're somewhere so far away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just over three grand to fly back, return, uh, to get over. So, yeah, I'm heading back to visit end of the year, um, and I'll see them then. So it'll be like 18 months. And, you know, my family's tight-knit. I mentioned it before, like um, country kids. So it's it's so unusual for us to go more than a couple of months um, without seeing each other. So I think that plays a huge part in it. Uh, the second one is... You know, obviously the personal side of things is I do miss having mates, you know, um, uh, whether it's cricket, footy club, things like that. And and third one, obviously, professionally, is that I always want to be getting better. And I think there'll come a point for me where um, I'm thinking, OK, you know, for the last six months, have I improved on air? Um, as long as I'm trying my guts out and I'm not improving on air, then, then yeah, maybe I'll, I'll look at um, what the next sort of step is. So are you in regular contact with PDs and stuff here? You're always sending them the work just so you're, you're top of mind because you're not within the SCA company and then there's the other companies as, as well. But, I mean, are you trying to – do you have to work that little bit harder just to remain top of mind? Yeah, I think you do. And that's what I mentioned before, that like networking is still a huge thing for me. And, and I've always done it um, since I started um, and I'll, I'll always continue to do it. And and I think bosses in the past have gotten almost, uh, uh, they felt a bit off about it maybe um, because I, I always network no matter what job I was in and not necessarily to get work from these people because I like hearing opinions um, from different people off my work. Now it could be, you know, I might send stuff to Joe Angel at Triple M in Sydney at the same time as I send stuff to, you know, um, Ego in Brisbane or Mike Byrne in Newcastle. It's not because, okay, I'm going to put all my hats in all these baskets and hope one of them gives me a job. I, I just like hearing different opinions. And, you know, I, I do still send up stuff pretty regularly. You know, every couple of months I'll shoot some stuff back home just to, to see different feedback and what different people say. And so what's the ultimate goal, mate? What are you trying to get out of it? If you could pick any shift to come back to? What are you picking? I know that's a tough question because when people ask me, it changes. Yep. But uh, where are you at right now? What would be the ultimate for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, like I mentioned before, I want to make sure I'm working for someone or someone's um, where they can help me grow and vice versa. Um, but to be honest, um, and this is something I've been thinking about for probably, oh, I don't know, a year, year and a half. Um, I see myself long term. I don't know if you've heard of... Um, pricey he uh, he does a show in in townsville that i think it's called 2to um and he's been there ages and he is just like he's the king of the north like he is just an absolute legend and my family and me growing up in cairns i think that's something i see myself doing long term potentially is um i'd love to 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 sit in that market and really own it over a a long period of time didn't you have that there. though didn't you have that you were there you were in cairns for a while yeah i 
I was. I was in Cairns for about two and a half years, and and to be honest, I was, I was, I had a great time. It was the best market I worked in, and uh, without getting too morbid or too boring, I had a, I had a basically some health problems. I had a, a quick heart surgery I had to get done, and and I think from that I sort of was like, you know, shit, I want to achieve these other things as well, and that's when I took that gig in Canada. Um, and went over there. Um, so it's like, again, it's not a move I regret um, because I loved Canada. It was such a cool experience too. But I think Kansas is somewhere I'd see myself in the future. But, but you know, places like uh, like Newcastle, um, Hobart, Goldie, places like that, all beautiful too, and, and all places that, you know, I, I've thought about in the past living. Uh, I don't know if I ever see myself in, in a Melbourne or a Sydney or anything, you know. What's that based on though? Is that based on you not wanting to be there or you don't think... Is it the pressures of those markets? What's the? Why don't you ever see yourself the, uh, going there? No, not 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 from a pressure sense. Just from a, more of a lifestyle sense, to be honest. Um, I'm just like I'm not a city kid. I lived in Brisbane for a while, and, and I didn't mind it. But but even that was a bit hectic for me. I just I I never see myself living in. And that's not a knock on Sydney or, or Melbourne or whatever. You know, I visited them and they're beautiful, but. I just I don't see myself there, if I'm honest. And I, I think most people, when they, they get into radio, especially you know around our age, they, I suppose not necessarily the end goal, but they all have aspirations for Cap City. And I just, I don't know that I ever have, to be honest. I just wanted to do good stuff in a decent market with good support. Um, and that's still the goal today. That's so fascinating, though, that you're living in one of the the craziest cities on the planet yeah, doing right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is It is reaffirmed that cities are not for me and driving home at, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon with bumper-to-bumper traffic is, is not a thing I want to live with all my life now. Hey, look, well, if all else fails, mate, you went there and you got yourself a super hot girlfriend. So you're doing all right for yourself. She's a smoke show. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but where, so it, I know this is getting personal now, just a little bit off, but it's kind no, of on the radio. It's kind of on the radio track. I mean, if you were to get something back yeah. home, when you meet someone like yeah. that overseas, would she come to Australia? Because yeah. these are things that as people move around in radio and you go to different radio station, yeah. a different radio station, I've had it in my own personal life with, um, with that kind of stuff with my now fiance, Jamie, but you've really got to negotiate how those moves work as much for your professional career as you do for your personal life. So would she move back to Australia? Uh, I think as two blokes punching well above our weight, we'd do whatever we can to make the relationship work. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, my, my Mrs. Abby, we've had that discussion uh, numerous times and, and she's, she's great like that. She'd come back. Um, her father-in-law, I don't know how he feels about that. Um, but, but yeah, we have had that chat and, um, you know, say if I was to, to come back to Oz in whatever period of time, um, I mean, she lives in the UK, so they have like three sunny days a year. So why wouldn't you want to leave? Hey, there's always radio in the UK, mate. She got twist your arm to, no, no, thanks. to go, well, no, like, too cold. You, like you said, too cold. like you said, you're punching above our weight. <laughs> you might have to do what she says. <laughs> Now, that is one thing I'll rule out in movies in the UK that is never happening. That's a deal breaker. Okay, so for yeah. anyone that is listening that's considering a move overseas, in particular Dubai, yep. what's your advice to the guys? Yep. What, what would you say? Uh, I think have a look at yourself before you, you, you look at it altogether. You know, a girl just moved over here that was working at SCA in, um, in, I think, Perth. She was doing weekends. Her name's Misha Nelson. She's at Channel 4 now. 
but her dream had always been to come over to Dubai. I think she might have had family or friends over here, and I know she's absolutely loving it. So, you know, don't take my example for, you know, for what it would be like. If you love bright lights, big city, that hustling, bustling lifestyle, and and you're wary of the fact that, okay, I can come over here, save some money, will I necessarily grow professionally? Will I get a lot better? Maybe not as much as I will get back home because I may not have that same support. But, but if you're willing to come over, save a bit of cash, live that lifestyle, um, then, then yeah, why not give it a crack? You know, I think there's, there's like five to ten Aussies on air over here, um, and I'm sure we'd all have very different accounts, different stories of what we've been doing. So I think, yeah, the first most important thing would be to, to have a quick look at yourself, think about what you want, and then go from there. Mate, that is some great advice. And if anyone takes anything out of this podcast that's thinking about heading over there, that is job well done. I noticed that you've mentioned the money a couple of times. Is the money pretty good there in Dubai, is it? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing over here is that it's tax-free, right? Yeah. So um, that, that, that's a big you know, drawing. But there's, there's people earning over here, and in most jobs you get paid more than what you would back home just because of that tax-free threshold. So it is a thing. But at the same time, I mentioned it before, is, is lifestyle-wise, you know, rent, for example, I mean, I don't want to go into it too much, but I live in a hotel, which is fine, but it's like a three-, four-star hotel. It's nothing special. And that cost me nearly four grand Australian a month. So you need to pencil in that those kind of things are so expensive. Um, but, yeah, there is the opportunity to come over here. If you you've live not like a rock star and live like you would back home, then you can save some money and set yourself up. It's interesting that you mentioned the hotel because I lived in a hotel shorter time than you. It was about six weeks when I moved to Melbourne to work on yeah. the Husey and Kate show. I had Well, I originally had four weeks in the hotel. I loved it that much that I told them that I hadn't found anywhere yet. Just to get another couple of weeks um, We've all been there, yeah. <laughs> out of the hotel. Uh, but yeah, after yeah. that six weeks, you do start to miss the, the comforts of your own home. So, I mean, you've been in that yeah. hotel for over a year now. It sounds like a dream, but I imagine you're missing the, the <laughs> comforts of your own home. Yeah, that's what I was talking to my missus, um, her, her brother, he's only 12, and I was, he was asking where I lived, and I said in a hotel, he's like, that's amazing. And I was like, well... After you know a month or two, it's not. You do you miss having a home, and and you feel like you're this sort of gypsy that's just you know coming to work, going home, going to sleep, repeat kind of thing, rather than being settled. Uh, you know, I've got boxes of stuff that I just haven't unpacked over here because I don't know maybe where I'm living doesn't feel like home. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's another part of it that we. Uh, I don't know. It makes it a bit hard to to feel settled when you are living out of a hotel room. On the plus side, you haven't had to make your bed in over a year. Exactly, and room service is free, so that's happy. No way. Yeah. Room service. I have put on a lot of weight over here. You know all about the dad bods. I've, like, graduated to whatever's after that. It's not good. Room service is free. Mate, that is worth the trip in itself. Sign. Yeah, I don't regret that. (laughs) Don't regret that. That's the highlight for sure. Mate, appreciate the chat on the Radio Randomly podcast. It's one I've been looking forward to because I'm genuinely interested to find out what it's like to to make that big jump and and leave a big company like SEA and and give it a crack overseas. And for all the things Mm -hmm. that maybe aren't going your way, there's a whole big plus side to it. And it sounds like you're making the most of it, mate. So all the best with it until you come home. Yeah, legend. Thanks, Gordy. Appreciate the chat, man. The Radio Randomly Podcast. Hosted by Gondi and produced by Gia Moylan. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio.